Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Straight talk about current events and issues affecting women in today's society. So listen up, because it's about to get real. Here's your host, Elizabeth. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And the bottom line? We have a lot to cover, so um, bear with us. There's been so much going on in the news, so we're just trying to get through some of the uh, topics that we thought were you know, were important to share. Uh, so on today's episode, we are going to talk about the singer FKA Twigs and what she said about uh, the bullying that she experienced on social media with um, fans of Robert Pattinson, who she dated a few years ago. We're going to discuss how that affected her and... Uh, you know, just tie it down to, you know, racism can just doesn't occur here in the States, but it also, you know, occurs in other countries as well. Uh, then we're going to talk about, um, is it Cad or you said it was Cad Wheeler, right? Cad Wheeler. Yeah. So we're going to discuss him and his uh, domestic violence incident with his, uh, was it girlfriend or wife? Girlfriend, right? Girlfriend. girlfriend. Living girlfriend. Yes. So living girlfriend, we're going to discuss all about that, and then we're going to discuss uh, Congresswoman Marjorie uh, Green. I think it's Marjorie Taylor Green. We're going to discuss all her shenanigans and what she said about, um, you know, the her colleagues in Congress, and you know, some of her past Facebook comments and likes came by, came back, and people are not happy right now and have every right to be upset because what she said and endorses is is just horrible she's a QAnon supporter and we're going to discuss all of that and uh last but not least we're going to just uh discuss Trey Songs and his arrest at a uh Kansas Chiefs uh football game and you know was he in the right was he in the wrong we're gonna get into all of that so um yeah with that being said let's get started all right so let's talk about uh Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. So for those of you who have not heard the story, CNN did an, uh, a, a news report, or uh, op-ed, um, as you would say, about the congresswoman. And she said some really just awful things about her, her colleagues in Congress. But when she made those statements or, you know, liked some of those comments on, on social media, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't elected into Congress yet. Um, she's a congresswoman out of Georgia, and, you know, people are not happy with her. I don't want to repeat a lot of the things that she said. You can go ahead and look it up for yourself. But, you know, she implied that, you know, she wanted certain prominent people in the um, in the uh, Democratic Party, like House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, Hillary Clinton, the Obamas. And, you know, she she wanted, she wished bad things upon them. And so people are having, you know, this sort of debate, which I don't know what the debate is all about, because I feel like absolutely she should be expelled from Congress, because this is the type of behavior that is not tolerated and should not be tolerated. And I feel like if it was someone from, you know, the Democratic side that that said these things, you know, the Republicans, their head, like their head will literally be rolling. And I don't understand how, you know, some people say, oh, you know, it's, they, they're opening door for, you know, it's a slippery slope and this and that. And, you know, they, you can't be targeting. And it's like these were these people, these Republicans, like they've gone too far. And it just seems like there are no consequences for them. Like what is what is happening right now? And why do you think that, you know, that, like they don't want to take any any sort of responsibility for this? What, what's going on? Um, I, I would say it's probably because on the left, they've been very understanding and, you know, the key word is liberal. I think for a long time, you know, um, especially when it comes to the internet, like a lot of, a lot of these things, when they happen, they happen on the internet now. So we feel like we can, we can kind of distance ourselves from the, from, from the actions we've put out there. We don't really have to take responsibility because we really put it in the, in the internet and the internet is a place of no consequence, but as we are beginning to see, it is a place of consequence. And even worse, once you put something out into the internet, it's there forever. Right. People can always look back to it and say, you said, you said this 20 years ago, you know, on a website, and we didn't forget. 
and that but it so, wasn't even you know like 20 years ago this was back in 20, right. 2018 this was recent yeah and, and that makes it even worse you know because the point i was trying to make was that when it comes to the internet once it's out there it's out there forever and people will pull up receipts from things you did for 30 40 years ago right but as you said this is recent this is from 2018 and she's cognizant enough she understands the world enough to know that you cannot say those things. People will look into your past. In the year 2021, you should know you can't say anything. And if you do say it, you must mean it. You can't. I, I, I hate when people try to hide behind it was a joke or it was so long ago. I mean, we don't live in that world anymore. We don't, yeah. we don't live in that world where you can just say it was a joke or it was a long time ago. Nope. You say something and people will take it seriously. There's no way in 2021 people are typing stuff on the internet and still trying to get away with I was just joking when the world doesn't laugh at these things anymore. Right. My my whole thing is that, you know, they, okay, so uh, uh, Leader McCarthy, um, the, the Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader of the House, you know, said that the comments that were made were deeply disturbing, but the only thing they're going to do to her is they plan on having, quote-unquote, a conversation with her about them. What is a conversation going to do? You're wishing death up, up on innocent people. You're, I mean, during the siege, th this is what we were talking about, that there were some people that were part of Congress that supported these rioters, that supported these, these, um, th these terrorists, and they're right there. I'm like, no one is safe anymore. Mm -hmm. And they have to do something about it. But they're not doing anything about it. And that, that's what I don't understand. It's like, you know, if any other person would have made comments like these or threats like this, Secret Service would be all over their asses. Oh, so true. You make you make the wrong kind of threat to, you to make somebody. The, absolutely. Secret Service would be all, FBI would be all over their asses. But why is it okay for her to say something like this and other Republicans to say something like this, but yet they get away with it? And for the for the former president to say things like this, and and then they get away with it. Like I don't understand. Do you really not understand? What do you really speculate? I mean, I know what's happening here. Obviously, like I I know what's happening here. I, we all know what's happening what, here. What is, what is happening? <laughs> you're gonna make me spell this is just like this is pr not only white pri privilege at its finest this is rich people privilege at its finest this is you know uh, a bigoted racist what else can i say Th like this is just everything at its finest right now they don't want to take responsibility because this is because you know they don't want to lose their supporters they don't want to lose their base because this is how they get votes they they've they want to cater to a specific group and they've catered to a specific group and now they they're talking all of this dangerous rhetoric and it's like how come it like it just blows my mind that con like working for congress or or being a, a a member of congress does not give you immunity to just do or say whatever you want because if the average person would have said something like that they would be in handcuffs and be in jail right now and i don't understand how the 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 right wing uh, party the GOP can just get away with this shit like it just makes me so angry it really does make me angry that you know like we were seeing because the the Democrats don't get this much leadway at all everything that you know the, the only main criticism is oh they're turning in this country into a socialist country you know they're going way too far with their climate change and they're this and they're that and I'm like for like it's better than promoting violence it's better than wishing death upon somebody and their families. You know, you know what I want to say? When things like this happen, people often say, I don't understand. Why, why are they doing this? Make it make sense to me. And deep down, I think we all know why, right? We, we all know why a person can do the things they do, unless you're like a crazy person. Otherwise, we, we kind of know why people do the things they do. We just don't want to believe that this was the person that did it, given the position they're in. And they all That's know this woman is a QAnon supporter, and right. they still voted for her. And she's like, I don't know. It just it just makes it hard for us to believe that a person in their position could do something like that, could stand for something like that. 
you know, we sometimes think of these politicians and these people in high places like they'll somehow have a level of morals and behavior that's above us, that they won't fall prey to these base instincts and base choices or, or base impulses, but they do. And then you find out or you, you start to question things like, is the reason they got to that position, is the reason they worked so hard was so that they could express and put into action those base instincts, those, that hatred, that violence, and that they got to that position right in front of us, and we didn't stop them. We didn't question them. And some people so, are still defending this behavior. They're still exactly. defending it. So it's like, for me, I'm like, I'm, not, I'm no longer going to say I don't understand why. I'm like, no, I understand. I know why. It's, 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 a, it's a basic thing that's going on. And you know how they say, like, the simplest answer is best? I'm like, that's exactly what's going on. They got a level of negativity, a level of hatred, and, and, and they want to put that, that negativity into action. And we got to stop them before they do it. We got to start seeing the signs early on. The party is just falling apart at this point. I mean, let's be honest. We all know that she's not going to get expelled from Congress. They're not going to do anything to her. You know, I mean, she not only said those things about those you know those people but she also she called the shooting of sandy hook of those those innocent children she don't she called she called those that school shooting in sandy hook and the one in florida she said it was uh it was baseless uh claims of uh of you know school shootings basically that was she was trying to call it fake these are children and then they had the audacity to, to put her on the education committee after she made those statements about 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 you know, the violence against, against, against children. She called those, you know, a baseless claims of fake school shootings. There's nothing fake about it. Anyway. I... But yeah, now she sounds like she doesn't, she's missing a few marbles. Oh yeah, she's crazy. She's nuts. There's no, there's no ants, buts about it. She's crazy and she's nuts. The reality of it is there's no consequences and there's not going to be one. And that's what just really, really irks me because again, if it's like, I don't, let me not say I don't understand because I do understand why, you know, some people get away with, you know, literally murder while some people don't, we all know why she's getting away with it and why she's going to get away with this. It's because of who she is and the amount of power she has. They're not going to do anything to her. They're not going to demote her. They're not going to, um, you know, expel her. They're going to have a stern conversation with her. And then in a couple of weeks, all of it will be forgotten. As usual. And that's it. All right. Well, let's move on because, you know, like everything just, it just really gets me just riled up. And I just, I can't, I, I, I don't understand where, where we're going in this country. I don't get it. Um, you know, Biden is not, hasn't even been in office, you know, two weeks and they're already criticizing him for, um, you know, some of his executive orders, which he wouldn't have to do if the first administration, the last administration did their jobs. So I don't, you know, I don't understand this. Uh, you know, there was this debate on Facebook that, that was brought up about him, um, you know, banning the, the, the Chinese, you know, from calling the coronavirus, the Chinese virus. And of course, there are people who have issue with that as well. I'm like, well, we, he wouldn't have to ban it if the last administration di- didn't bring it up and didn't use it, you know, as a as a as a, a, a bigoted racist terms against Asians. Anyway, so let's move on. NFL player Chad Wheeler. Um, so you were actually the one who brought this to my attention because I hadn't heard of it, um, but he plays for the uh, Seahawks. And he was arrested on domestic violence charges because he hit his girlfriend and he, you know, basically almost killed her. The article, when I read the article, I was just in shock and, you know, like I, it was just a cowardly move and, you know, I don't want to, you know, try to make, it, it was just a, it was a cowardly move and I don't understand why, you know, you feel like you need to you hit you need to hit a woman. This guy is sick. I think he they said he's like six six or six seven, three hundred and ten pounds, and she's five nine, one hundred and forty five pounds. Mm-hmm. And he almost you know killed her. 
And it was because the reports are saying because he, um, or let's just say allegedly, because, you know, nothing's been, I think he appears in court on Monday and um, he's actually on bail right now on $400,000 bond. So allegedly he almost killed her because she wouldn't quote unquote bow down to him. What are your thoughts on this? Well, um, like most people, you know, after seeing the pictures of, of this young woman, my heart goes out to her. I can't imagine what it's like when uh, that kind of violence happens to you and you don't know if you're going to live or if you're just sure you are going to die. And apparently when she came to, it was him who was shocked that she was alive. Right. And he so actually said it. He said, are you still alive? Yeah, he was He was surprised. Allegedly. So, allegedly. And, you know, again, if that's the case, it's not domestic violence to me. That's, that's watering it down a lot to call it domestic violence. Like, you can't just smash somebody's face and dislocate their arm, beat them into un- unconsciousness, and be like, oh, that's domestic violence. I'm like, no, that's attempted murder. Especially, especially if, if, uh, if allegedly you thought she was, she was dead. And I'm like, that's attempted murder. Let's not call it anything else. Let's not try to sugarcoat it. You attempted to uh, harm, harm her to death. And, you know, like, my, in my mind, I can sometimes understand how people can, you know, one thing can lead to another. Like, you get angry, get upset. I could understand it. It's still horribly wrong, but I could get it because some people just lose their cool. But if you're telling me that also allegedly he was upset because he wouldn't bow down, I'm like, what, where, where's that coming from? That's, that doesn't come from just out of nowhere. That's not an, an impulsive thought. Right. You know, why, why would you need her to bow down to you? And to me, that, that just adds an extra layer to, to what's going on. And it's, to me, it's worth uh, discussing. Yeah, um, so the Seahawks have dropped him from the team. He's no longer on the team. And, you know, this sort of sparks a bigger conversation because he's not the first NFL player to to hit his wife or girlfriend. Um, there's a pattern of this happening, and we've seen it uh, with that guy who we saw the video of him allegedly um, hitting his girlfriend on the elevator. Um, Ray Rice. Thank you. Um, so, do, like, what, what, what do you, like, what is the, I mean, I can't, I, I can't ask you what the cause of it is because... You don't know the answer to that, but what do you like? What is what do you think is happening here? Like, do you think it's just um, like there's like they're just prone to violence, or or do you think that they just take like their their anger on their women? Like, wh- like what do you think is just, is just really going on here? Well, you know, I've I've heard and I've read that you know when it comes to um, contact sports like football. Over the years, you know, all of that trauma to your body, it has an effect on your brain. You know, you kind of, you know, you, you ever heard of like, you know, what is it a, um, what boxers get? Like Muhammad Ali had it. Yeah. You know, I'm taking too many blows to the head. Yeah. You know, like, again, that, that kind of trauma, you know, um, it has its effect. And I remember this one student, you know, they did a paper on concussions from football and they talked about how like wearing a helmet is like putting a plastic wrap around your car, putting the plastic wrap around your car. It protects your car in an accident, but what does that do for the passengers inside? They can still hit their head on the steering wheel or on the dashboard. And he said, that's what what's happening to the brain. Like putting a helmet on your head, it protects your skull from being cracked open but it does nothing for your brain that's inside of your skull. And when you get hit during a game, your brain smashes on the side of the skull. And that's what causes a concussion. Do you think the league has a responsibility? I mean, we've seen these cases go on and on and on. Um, I'm just going to mention a few, you know. Uh, In October, Steelers offensive uh, tackle Jerome Jerome Jones was charged with aggravated assault for strangulation and assault on his girlfriend. Um, in August, Washington running back uh, Darius G- 
Geis was accused of strangling and assaulting his his girlfriend. I mean, this just this just goes on and on and on and on. We have offensive back uh, Tremaine Brooke into 2017 that was accused of punching and attempting to choke his girlfriend. Like, do you think that the NFL has should take some responsibility for this or like what do you think is going on because I remember you know back like back in a day all of these would come out they wouldn't they wouldn't denounce it they they wouldn't do anything to to them to these players and I know now they they've you know started denouncing and they've started you know taking action but do you think that they they have a responsibility to you know to of the of the not only physical well-being of their players but also the mental well-being as well you know it's funny how long ago was the ray rice situation because i'm thinking around 2010 2013 latest yes around that i believe it was around that time yes and and you know we still remember that because that was that was a you know intense video to watch yes yes it was but that was like you know one of the first times where we saw the nfl really take like a a disciplinary stance on the issue because prior, you know, it seemed like they were just sweeping under the rug. And people actually believed at that time that, you know, what you do in your personal time has nothing to do with your job. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, that was, that was one of the big things about the Ray Rice situation. People were like, you're punishing him, but it's not like he was on the field beating, beating her up. That was a private situation and it should be kept private. And like I said, a lot of people felt you know, those are two separate situations. You know, that it, that's his personal relationship with his girlfriend. So why does the NFL need to be involved? It should be the police. That was in 2014, by the way. I just did a quick yeah, little okay. search. 2014. Yeah, 2014. But, you know, we could come up with harsher consequences, but is that really addressing the issue of domestic violence? I think that the NFL needs to do, I don't, and I don't know if they do this. So if they do, that's great. But I, I and I think they need they need to really, you know, put some effort into it. But I think they need to not only worry about the physical element, but the mental element as well of their players, because you know we've we've seen these these players just do like this. This is not just like you know a, a one off or a couple. What this is like a pattern of this. And they need to protect the women in these situations. And they need to, you know, let these men under, like, they need they need some kind of, you know, I don't know if it's sensitivity training or, or what, but they need to do a better job of taking care of their players. And I know that, you know, like you said, some will say, well, it's if it's not affecting them in the field, what they do in their personal life it's, is their business. But I think that it does have a correlation, like you said, because, you know, if they're taking all these hits to their brain to, and to, um, to, the he- to the head, it does bleed over into their personal life where it's like any little thing will set them off. So I really think I think that, you know, I don't know what it is that they need to do more of, but I think the NFL does have at least some obligation to make sure that, you know, their players are either getting, you know, the mental help or they need or giving them some kind of guidance and letting them know, like, you know, hey, if you're having these issues at home or whatever it may be, this is not the way you handle it. Or do you think no, I'm, no, I'm no, like, yeah. I'm overreaching here? No, no, not at all. I mean, um, I wish I, I wish we could get inside some of these players' heads, like what is triggering them. And, you know, the NFL, what they're doing is that they're kind of making, they used to make the players comfortable by sweeping it all under the rug. Right. They right? did that a lot. Absolutely. Right. They swept it under the rug because everybody wanted to win. Everybody, like these players were some of the best the league ever saw. So everybody wanted to win. Everybody was like, no, don't, don't spend them. We got this championship game coming on. Just give them a fine and, you know, pay her off. And I'm sure a lot of these, a lot of these women that were on the receiving end of the abuse, they didn't mind, you know, a payout, you know, for for their troubles. So that's probably what made it hard too. And you know, um, like I was saying, people thought that what you did at home was different from what you were doing at work. And you know, when enough of these stories started to come out, we were like, no, we gotta, we gotta do more. You know, we paying, throwing money at the situation isn't gonna make it better. But I also think coming up with more consequences may not make it better too. Because the idea of sports, especially in this case, football is highly competitive. 
you got the most competitive men on that field. Yeah, I don't you know, I don't know if we'll we'll ever have an answer to this. All I know is that, you know, these these women need protecting and they need um they, they shouldn't have to go through this. And I I don't know. I, I really don't know what the solution to this is, but maybe maybe someone smarter than the both of us can figure it out and and not only help these the women but also the men as well. You know, they need help as yeah. well. Right. Right. This is what I want to say, like, you know, like, yeah. um, yeah, are these are these consequences going to change anything, you know? And, I hope and so. By removing Chad Wheeler, you know, it is, it is a strong consequence, but, you know, is it going to change the other players in the way we want it, in the way we want it to change them? And also the women, you know, like, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, if we have so many of these situations within the NFL alone, maybe women should just stay away from some NFL players. Well, we all know that's not going to be possible. So <laughs> we all know that's not happening. All right, let's move on. Um, so we are going to uh, talk about FKA Twigs. Uh, for those of you who don't know, she is a singer in the UK. She's very successful over there. And back in 2014 to 2017, she dated uh, Robert Pattinson. And for those of you who don't know, he was Edward on Twilight. He's now going to be the new Batman. He's done a uh, bunch of other other things um and and they used to they used to date and so she went on a podcast earlier i believe it was uh, last week or this week where she recalled the deeply horrific racist abuse he endured from his fans um you know she she talked about how you know if if she wore like for example a red dress people on the internet or his fans would find a monkey wearing a red dress um, you know, if she was eating, if she was having a Slurpee or whatever, they would have a monkeys, you know, eating a Slurpee or whatever. And so she talked about how it, it really affected her because for a while she thought that that was what she looked like. And it wasn't until she s- sort of dealt with all of that in therapy and had to realize that, you know, she th- that she had to ha- have all these people get out of like she had to get the, get it out of her head and realize that she wasn't the problem. Now I don't know if she actually talked to him about this. Um, so let's let's. I I guess I just want to make the distinction that uh, Robert is is white and she's she's uh, black. What like what do you what do you think about this? And the reason I want to talk about this is because we know that racism exists here in the U.S., but they're in the U.K. They're in London, and so we don't really like we don't really know um, what what it's like over there. You know, we've we've heard a couple of you know black actors or black entertainers in the UK talk about how it's, you know, there, there are certain acts of racism there, but I don't think, I don't think it's maybe as, as, uh, as open and as blatant as it is here. Um, so like, what do you, what do you think is, is sort of the difference about how, and I don't know if you can answer this question or not, but, um, how it, it sort of are this is the same and it differs from here versus, you know, across the pond. So, yeah, the funny thing is that um, I think racism, you know, is prevalent all over the world, especially, you know, especially with our history with, you know, European countries. We're, it's bound to rear, rear its head. And I think when we see relationships like Diane Robinson, Robert Pattinson and FK Twigs, we're looking at it like, oh, like, you know, they're coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, this group of people who used to be at the bottom, they're coming up and kind of picking the best fruit off the tree. And at the time, you know, Robert Pattinson is like, you know, probably the one of the most high value men in the world. Right. She and even said that he was their woman. Yeah, she she said this is exactly what she said. She said he was their white prince charming. And then right. she, you know, she came along a black woman and sort of took him away. Right. And you know, yeah, exactly. This this black woman snagged him, you know. And what do you do when you see somebody else winning? That, that you didn't want to win. You got to diminish them. You got to show the world that they're not they're not really a person. You got to tear them down, and that was, that's what was really going on. I'm just surprised that she let it get to her that much. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, she said he was their white prince charming, and I think they considered that he should definitely be with somebody white and blonde and not me. That was what she said. I don't think this is the first time she's really experienced stuff like this. Oh, That's absolutely really not. Think. Absolutely not. Because the funny thing is, like, you know, she was like, I, I thought she was a child. <laughs> looking at her pictures. I thought she was... She's 33. She's yeah. 33. I said, you are too old. And no offense, I'm like, you're too old to, you know, people put in pictures of, of, people put pictures of a monkey and you think you look like that monkey. Well, at the time, she was in her 20s. So you got to give, you no, know, she's 33 now, but they dated back in 2014. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So but, um, at the time, she was in her 20s. Okay. That that look makes it look that makes it a little bit more sense. But even uh, now, like, well, hold on. Let's go back to your comment. Why do you think that older people can't can't feel that way? It doesn't matter what age you're. I, I, would, say, I, would, I would say that at some point you got to know whether you whether you ugly or not. You, oh my that, goodness! You I mean, and, and and that doesn't mean anything bad or wrong. But I will feel at some point you got to be more comfortable in your own skin. And when people say something to you, you kind of be like, okay, well, I've, I've heard worse before. Well, maybe, maybe not, not everybody funny. has that, has that, you know, same self-esteem. You, you know that. Not everybody can, can just Definitely sort of brush not. it off. Definitely not. So, like I said, I, I don't know her, but it's like, the reason why I say this is because she's not just a black woman, but she's, her dad is black, her she's, mom was white. Right, she's biracial. Yeah. Yeah, and then apparently she was raised by her mom and stepdad. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what you have with biracial people, when when you dig a little deeper and they and they open up, they tell you how much they had like it. They tell you about how they grew up with an identity crisis, right? Right. Yeah, she said so it was deeply like, unfair at the time that I was made to feel so self conscious and so ugly. It was a lot. That period was a lot. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, when you grew up biracial and you spend time with the white side of your family, you you know you stick out more. So you know, you're yeah, more of course. aware of your of your of your, of what of what you're not around them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where that's where it really started from with with um some of those comments. I think some of those comments brought back those that those negative thoughts from her um younger years. Mm-hmm. And that's that's typically what happens when you have you know uh, biracial mm-hmm. raised around their white family. It happens less when they're raised around their black side because again, black people come in different shades. So she probably wouldn't even have been able to pick that up like that. Mm-hmm. But I will say that because it seems like she was raised by her mom and probably kept her on her white side, she probably really had an identity crisis, and you know. I don't know how she might have looked at her her black side, you know, how she might have looked at it, you know, was she raised was she raised to be proud of it or not? Well, we don't. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know yeah. much about her background, but the the sort of point I was sort of driving at was, I mean, yeah, we all have those moments, and it is it does suck to to have to you know, you you know, I I hear a lot of people say that, you know, UK is worse. Then and and we just don't hear about it, right? Because when Meghan Markle was there, she's biracial as well. The tabloids were re- relentless, and I guess my my question is: Is it really that bad everywhere? And it's just America's just at the forefront of it, and ours is just like in the open, and everyone else's is just sort of like at the underbelly of it. Or why do you think that you know when we when we talk about racism? the U.S. is, like, the first place we go to, and it's like, oh, yes, yes, but then we do have other countries like London where it, it is there as well, but just not as open and talked about. Yeah, it's funny. When it comes to America, people talk like America was the only country to enslave black people. I'm like, y'all realize that they took black people from parts of Africa and brought them to all parts of the world, you right. know, South America, the Caribbean, you know, everywhere, so... I do feel like in some places, racism is worse because it's not talked about. Like in America, when a when a racist event happens... But it's not really about talked it, about here either. People just want to forget that it's not happening. I feel like over here in America, it's far more tele- televised. 
Like when something happens, it's televised. I feel like that's true. You that know, is we, true. We can at least get on the news, right? And let the world see it. It could be documented. Maybe we don't get the justice that we need, but you know, it's documented. But when you hear about some of these other countries, these lesser-known countries, and the racial divide that they have, you think, you go over there, you you think like you know, you you might be slavery again. Like you you would think slavery never left, segregation never left. And because over there, you know, they're in so much denial of the racism that people are silent on the issue. It's not even it's not even brought up, you know, it's not even allowed to be in the media, but then it's carried out every day. Right. And right. people suffer under it, they can't say anything. They may not be able they may not be able to even leave the community, like they just so scared. So I feel bad for some of these people because their reason could be the same or worse, and and it's silent, it's denied. Mm-hmm. The government will claim that there's some sort of racial harmony, and like, no, that's that's not the case at all. Yeah, and that totally makes sense. You know, like what she what she was talking about, you know, made me go back to again Meghan Markle. Maybe not at as big of a scale as as Meghan's was. But we did hear, I think, she, you know, we did hear about a lot of the stuff that people said about her, you know, comparing her to Monkey and this and that. And, you know, my, my whole thing is that, like, why, I just don't understand why it seems like black people everywhere are so threatening to people. I, you know, and this is one of those things where it's just, I know it's, it's deep-rooted in, in everywhere. Like, it's just deep-rooted everywhere. And... I think you bring up a good point where it's like, I think with us, it's just, you know, more televised and, um, and more open. Whereas I feel like maybe in, in Europe and other places, it's not as, you know, they don't really talk about it on the news or, or, um, those incidents aren't really talked about, but it is there. And we do hear cases about it and we've, we have heard about it. But it's just not as, um, I don't want to say popularized, because that's like a bad word, like a, it feels like an ugly term, but it's just not as, as, as openly talked about. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, nobody really wants that stigma. Yeah. Of racism, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I felt, but, when, when I was, when I was, you know, hearing what she had to say, I felt, I mean, I felt really bad for her. Like, it was just, it just seemed like a really awful time in her life, you know, to, to have to deal with that and have to go through that. All right. But I, I, just, I can't help but wonder one thing, though. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, like, when you tell me about the story, I started doing a little research, and I'm, I'm looking at her, I'm like, she clearly is biracial, but so I wanted to know her background, where, where she was raised, and mm-hmm. I feel like she might be dealing with some you know, self-hate issues. What makes you think that? Is it based on what you read? Or, like, what what makes you sort of come to that conclusion? Well, you know, like, when you read about some some of the uh, biracials and how they were raised, you know, um, again, they live in the same world we live in. You know, they know where black people stand socially, they know where white people stand socially, and they know they're a bit of both. So, which side are you going to try to lean towards too? Yeah. I think it is harder for right? them. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Especially like depending yeah. on what your skin tone is, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, when you know that one side of you is considered more socially acceptable and one side is not, you want to try to lean to the more acceptable side and then reject the other side of you. But mm-hmm. I feel like that might be playing a role with her. And even though she's in hip hop, it could still be deeply rooted. It's like it's like learning a new language. You could learn a second language, but still, your first language is still your first language. Mm-hmm. And you know, to go from dating Robert Pattinson to then Shia LaBeouf. You yes. Know, Do you want to briefly discuss that? So yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to me. Okay. You know, you date Shia LaBeouf, and apparently, he was a very abusive and controlling. You know, he was always accusing you of cheating and making sure that you gave him a certain number of kisses a day. Right. And then, you know, Shia LaBeouf, he had a racist rant in 2017 mm-hmm. where he um, said to the black man arresting him, you're going to go to hell for being black. So I'm like, yo, like, why is this black woman, you dating know, this guy. dating 
a, a man who, who was caught being racist. Right. You know? And that's why I say, like, does this woman have self-hate issues? Mm, okay. You know, okay. She, if, she, if she didn't have her black father in her life and she was mostly around her white mother, she didn't have any connection with her black father. So she would probably wasn't taught to really embrace it, especially in her youth. Now, she might have embraced it later on in life, but again, I feel like some things you need to embrace when you're young. Right. So that it stays with you. Because otherwise, if you try to embrace it later on in life, you have to keep trying to find ways to embrace it. It's like kind of like trying to renew your license. It's like every once in a while it's going to expire. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to reconnect to it. But then, you know, like with the men that she's been dating, you know, I don't see any brothers as far as I know. So it doesn't yeah. seem like she's really trying to make a connection to to her dad's side uh, of the family. Like, you know. Yeah, um, I haven't, I haven't seen, yeah. I haven't seen her date any black men. Again, I don't know her dating history, but uh, some of the guys that she has dated um, are white. So. Right. Yeah. So. I'm going to look at that, and again, like, if you mostly grew up white, okay, that makes sense, but then you're called a hip-hop artist, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, it, it, to me, it shows that there's still a level of confusion there, but deep down, you're looking for acceptance from your white side, and you're willing to put yourself through any sort of trauma, any sort of suffering to see if they'll accept you and validate you. Mm-hmm. And that's why you end up in the arms of a Shia LaBeouf, despite what he's done. It's like you're dating him to show that the, the part of you that you don't want the world to see, if, if he accepts it, then the world accepts it. And it's kind of like, you know, being in high school, if a cool kid said you were cool, mm-hmm. well, then you were cool now. If they started hanging around you, you were cool by association. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of what she's going through. Like, see... If she based the right white man, she validated, and I feel like that's a deeper discussion on her part. Like she got to touch her soul and heal what needs to be healed, and that probably means like you know um, dealing with her, her biological father. I mean, that can also yeah. be it, but do you think that's just maybe her preference? I mean, yes, we we have to. I'm, I'm just I'm just looking at the other side of that too because that could just be I'd she like just likes white it. men. I'd li- I'd like to believe it, but. When you date a white man who has something to be racist that pertains to you, yeah, then I'm like, there's a there's a deeper issue there. There's, there's something there's something else there. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, even if I imagine me only being attracted to white women, but then you know, I know this white woman has said something very racist in the past. He says. Black women are gonna go to hell. I'm like, uh, nah, we, I can't be with you. My, that's what my mother is. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. That's what my sister is. So you just insulted them, and you know, you could say you were drunk or whatever, but like, that was something from your heart. So, all right. Well, hopefully, she, you know, has dealt with that, and you know, like I said, it really, I uh, like when when I read the article, I was just like, man, you know, but. You know, I hope she has dealt with it and she's good now. And you know, her she has confidence in herself because she is a she is a pretty woman. So, anyway, let's move it on. I, I actually did though. Do you think going through stuff like that is worth it though? What do you mean? Like you know, like let's say you date a Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Is it worth going through all that? Like people saying things about you like that. Do you think any Oh, that's a good question. That? That's a good question. Um I don't know. I mean I would I'm I mean if I I guess if if maybe they would have gotten married and have a family and all of that, I would say yes, but I mean they ended up breaking up like I think they were together for what, 3 years. Um so maybe at the time she thought it was worth it, but the, I I I feel like maybe when it gets to a certain point um, it's just not worth it, especially to your mental health and, and all of that stuff. It's, but again, we don't know if she actually talked to him about it. I think she said that she, she, she didn't talk to him about it. So I think she dealt with all of that internally. So clearly, again, I don't want to speculate on their relationship, but you know, if they were, if they were 
good, she would have talked to him about it and, and, and I maybe had a conversation about it or a discussion. I don't know, something, right? Like, if something is bothering you or and, and it's coming, you know, the hurt is coming from, you know, something related to your significant other, then that's something you talk about as a couple. So I, I, I don't know. I've, I've never dated a celebrity, but I know how it feels to sort of be wrapped up in your significant other's world and life. And sometimes that does take a, um, a toll on you and to, takes a toll on your mental health. And I think when it gets to that point, you're like, okay, look, I'm starting to lose myself in this relationship. Maybe it's not worth it. So mm-hmm. I think you, you know, I think it depends on the woman to sort of um, assess the situation and and realize and figure out if all of the all of the you know hurt and and pain and misery and all of it is worth being with this guy. And if it's not, then it's not. Then you got to call it quits. So I would hate to be in a relationship where I got to leave parts of myself at the door. And yeah. If I have to leave my race or, or you know, cause, cause whether we like it or not, race is a part of our identity. You right. know, when absolutely. People, when, yeah, when people see us in the street, the two things you always identify with somebody is first their race, second their gender. Right. You know, there's there's no hiding away from it. So if you have if I have to leave big chunks of myself at the door to be with you, I'm like, are you worth it? Exactly. And that's the part of myself that I cannot leave at the door, right? I can't help that I was born a black woman. So yeah. I, I can't help that my, that my skin color is, is like that. So Yeah, I want to feel like that. Uh, especially for black people, like, if we want to step into an interracial relationship, that our race is now optional. Like, we don't really need to bring that with us. And I'm like, nah, it's not something I could, I could divide myself from. Right. What do you? What about you? Do you think it's worth it? Like, if you were with somebody no. who you, you know, all of that was going on. No, no, no. Not my mental health. Not, not in the way that she described it. Like me, I, I could probably take it, but mm-hmm. in the way that she's saying that it tore her down. I'm I like, just, oh, we got it. Yeah, you. that just sounded like a lot. Like, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't think I could do that either. And then she couldn't tell him. She couldn't talk to him about it. I'm like, then what was he there for? Exactly. And that was my thing. I'm like, well, th- why are you guys together if you couldn't tell him and and work through it together with him? That's the part I didn't yeah. get. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're supposed to be together and you're supposed to be building a relationship, that's the one person you're supposed to be able to talk to about it. So mm-hmm. for her not to be able to do that, I don't know. It just it just kind of, that, that part was a little weird to me, but... Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Trey Songs. So, Trey Songs was arrested um, over. He was jailed overnight uh, last week, and um, he was arrested at a Kansas City Chiefs uh, game. And reports are sort of conflicting at this point because um, some people are saying that there were a couple of people, there were a couple of fans that were hackling, hackling. Ha- oh my God! I can never say this word. Hacklin, right? I think that's how you say it. Anyway, that were that were sort of um, yes, they were they were maybe. The, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and you know he wasn't, you know he wasn't, he was upset about it, and he wasn't, you know, too thrilled about it, and all of that stuff. And he got angry, and and you know was maybe saying words to them, and police were caught co- were called. And then other people said that he wasn't really doing anything and the police just showed up and then started attacking him. And he put one of them in a headlock. And I believe he punched one of them as well. And they arrested him. So people are saying this is another classic race of, you know, police brutality. He wasn't really doing anything. He was just at the game and the police showed up and, you know, they said he wouldn't get up. And he said, well, I didn't do anything wrong. And this, this, and a third. What do you think of the incident? What is your, what are your thoughts on the situation? Do you think he was wrong? Uh, do you think he was right? What, what, what's going on? I must say this. When I first heard of it, I didn't like the headline because they used the word assault. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Trey Songz has like, you know, a much history of, you know, 
saying things with women. Yeah. Oh, sorry. They said that. the other report was um, not only the heckling, but they said that he was not wearing his mask during the game. And then police were called as well. So, sorry. Continue. Yeah. They did. They said assault, trespass. It sounded like, you know, like he had gone into somebody's home or woman. That's what my initial thought was based on, you know, what I've heard about him in the past. And so I didn't like that. Painting him already as the villain of the story. Right. I was like, they got to they gotta do better with their headlines, but I know they won't. It's just when it comes to a black man, they're not going to do better. But then I did a little bit more research. And, you know, like you said, there's some people said, like, it was a cop who was beefing with him. The cop was, like, watching him the whole time. And, right. you know, I'm sure, like, he was probably looking for an occasion to come for him. Right. Looking for an occasion to get in his face and, you know, let me see if I can antagonize this man so that I could arrest him and throw him in jail for the night. So, okay, but, what was he supposed to do in that situation, right? Because we, you and I have talked about this, and we both have very different views on this as well. Let me just point that out. What would you have, or if that was you or that was a friend of, of your, like, what was the right thing to do in that situation? I have to be honest, until I get more information, I feel like he did the right thing. Uh-huh. Okay. I feel like he, he did the right thing, you know, because how much more can you take on, under a system of oppression, you know? Because, like, after a while, you kind of get tired of trying to say it's not all, some of them want to do their job. I'm like, I, I know that, though. I know that, though. But it's like now you can, they'll, if you see they'll antagonize you again to your face to create a situation even when you're doing mundane and normal things yeah you know the witnesses said that uh trey was totally caught off guard when the officers got physical and started and and then uh trey started to defend himself and that's when he punched the officer put him in a headlock and all that and then he got arrested so it's like yeah well given what's happened in the last few years somebody in our community finally is going to get tired Mm -hmm. you know they're going to be like you know what you you think because you're a police officer that means that I have to do, do as you say, but after a while, we'll just start to see bullies with badges. Right. And we'll be like, okay, well, you know, we're going to now play by your rule. You know, like that, like when they say that the straw that broke the camel's back, like after a while, it's like, okay, like this is as much as I'm willing to take because even when I'm doing mundane, mundane and normal things. Like watching a game like every other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're still coming for me, you know, and I could imagine this. I imagine it went down like this. Trey Songz probably came in as an arrogant, young, rich, black man, and this officer didn't like that, you know. Mm. And I know some people Some people say, oh, come on, like, it, it can't be that. I'm like, listen, the simplest answer can sometimes be the best. Mm. racism doesn't have to have this complicated storyline right you right know, it doesn't have to be a christopher nolan movie <laughs> this man had a simple sense of jealousy for this arrogant young black man who probably came into the you know stadium and didn't bow before him right didn't acknowledge him and he didn't like that you know and he said okay i'm, I'm gonna try to see if i could put this young black man in this place maybe just do something to show that i'm the one with the authority i'm the one with the power and then trey songs just didn't acknowledge it like no like you, you know you know your power doesn't mean mean anything to me and you know one thing led to another where each is trying to show his dominance trying to dominate the other you know but like i said there's only so much disrespect you could take yeah um these are you know, my thoughts on this is that, I, I mean, I don't know what I would do in that situation, or I don't know what I would tell, you know, a, another person to do in that situation, but he was absolutely, like, no one can say that the way he reacted was wrong, because he was totally caught off guard, you know, all the witnesses that, that were there said that the cop was out of line, and, you know, if somebody is rushing at you, you don't know who they are and you're a celebrity, you know, they said he, he, you know, they just, the, the cops just sort of rushed them. What did, what did they expect him to do? And then they arrested him for, you know, assaulting an officer and this and that. And, you know, you have fans yelling at the officer to be arrested because they, 
Like it's just, just the power dynamic is just way off, you know, and that's a conversation that we'll continue to have. We already know it, that the power dynamic in this country is, is completely off with police officers and civilians. And this is just another case of, you know, some cop trying to show his power. And, and that's just how it is. And, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's terrible and I feel bad for him. And, you know, nobody should have to go through this because, you know, now you can't even, you know, it's first you can't have, you can't go to the park. You can't be in your house. Now you can't go to a football game. Like, where is safe for black people in this country? Right? Like, wh- yeah. what can we, where, where is it that you would like us to be? Yeah. And like I said, like, then you're going to have more of these situations where it's like, you know, we just see a, a bully with a badge. Yeah. You know, we're tired of trying to, you know, negotiate with you. And, you know, especially for black people for a long time, we thought that if we just finally gained white supremacy a hug, you know, nobody hugged him when he was a little boy. But if we give him a big hug now, you know, all racism in the world will end. Yeah. And we're starting to wake up like, that's not what's going to happen. You know, there's no there's no moment where we're going to kumbaya and shake hands and have a sing-along with racism, right? What we have to do is finally see it for what it is, mm-hmm. combat it at every turn, regardless of what uniform it comes in, regardless of what you, whatever uniform white supremacy comes in, we have to recognize this true nature. Yeah. It doesn't like us. It doesn't want to be our friend. And we need to combat it, right? We yeah. got to show them that we're not the one. And one of the ways we do that is, again, we defend ourselves and we build ourselves economically, socially, and politically. All right. Final thoughts before we before we wrap up? Yeah. No, just uh, this was a good one. You know, I don't think too much about the Trey Song situation. I, I don't, I don't, out of everything we talked about tonight, that was the... He's the smallest one, mm-hmm. you know. So again, I, from it, I don't wish I don't wish anyone any harm, but I do think that every person is entitled to protect their well-being and and feel like they have a sense of humanity and respect deserving to them, and that they should uh, protect it. That we should we don't have to like cower every time or be humiliated every time. I, I don't want that story anymore. But, yeah, tonight was a really good talk. Yeah, I, you know, I I completely agree with you. And, you know, are we ever going to get rid of it? No. You and I have talked about this many times on this show where, you know, it's it's in the, it's deep-rooted. It's not going anywhere. And I, I, I want more and more people to start talking about it and realizing that that's the only way that we can try to come up with a solution because pretending it doesn't exist is not an, an actual solution. So the more we talk about it, the more we bring awareness to it, hopefully I can't even say our leaders will get it because they're part of the problem as well. So if the, you know, if, if the people who are supposed to be leading and, and making rules for us are also bigoted and, and have racist tendencies, then, you know, how can we expect the average American to, to, to get it? So I don't know. Right. And then, yeah. yeah. And until we weed all of that out, it's just, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. And ah. the only thing they have to know at this point, like, you know, we, like I said, they think, we, we, we thought there was a day where we could kumbaya, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, together and I don't, put it all behind us. Yeah, I don't, you know, I was one of those optimistic people that I'm like, you know what, it, it's going to happen. We're going to kumbaya it. But I don't think there's going to be any kumbaya going on, you know? Yeah. People are just so. It, it doesn't have to be on us. That's that's what the, the real problem is. Like, I, like history makes it seem as though it has to be on us to to kumbaya and say, "Yo, we we want to give you a hug, and maybe we could hug this one out." And like I said, all the racism in the world is going to come to 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 pixie dust. No, and because now, we didn't start this. Yeah, we didn't start this. So now it seems like we're coming to a point where it's like. You know, we've turned turned over a whole new leaf, whole new leaf, and we're like, you know, we don't care what you're gonna do. Yeah. Feel how you want to feel. Think how you want to feel. It's not on us to change you anymore. But we're not gonna stand for your disrespecting. But that that time is over, and that's something that everyone can understand. Absolutely. You know, our constitution 
allows us to, to you know, protect our well-being. Absolutely. All right. Great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Make sure you check us out um, on Spotify and Apple. Um, make sure you subscribe as well. We are also available on our website at uh, www.foreignladymedia.com. All of our episodes are on there, so you can check us out. Make sure you uh, follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at The Foreign Lady Podcast. If you like the show, if you hate the show, if you have criticism, whatever it is, bring it on. Email us if you want to add to the conversation. Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.